0: Well, Sam asked me to talk this morning uh, about identity. You've heard that before. That topic we've been pursuing that all semester. I think it's worth pursuing at length, uh, hearing different perspectives on it. before I get into my remarks, I'd like to share you to share with me, share with you to share with me. Uh, I really want to know what you think. Uh, I, you know, you've been thinking about this. I hope. Who am I? Roll it around. See what, what comes out. Uh, how are you thinking about that? Uh, I would love to know. And I've got some leading questions for you to pursue with me later, if you will. Now I want to talk about uh, my journey a bit this morning. How uh, Sam asked me to share here in more of a theological standpoint. I don't know about theology. I'm going to talk about my story now, my story has been impacted by a literary friend, uh, the Apostle Paul. That might sound likely because, you know, I'm a Bible teacher. I teach Paul another thing. Well, Paul has been an important part of my journey, and I think he can be an important part of yours. Uh, the letter I'm going to talk about is Philippians. And so uh, if you've not read Philippians, uh, read, read that little letter. It's four chapters. I it's, it's an amazing letter, I uh, hope, hope you'll appreciate that through our talk today, and, and get into it yourself. I, I, I really think Philippians is probably the greatest thing ever written in human language. That's pretty high praise. Well, probably, I didn't deserve that. Maybe other books would be alongside that, but boy, it is, it is a, a wonderful treatise to spiritual Transformation. And what Paul says about himself in that letter, I have come to embrace. I want, I want these things to be true of me. I'm not there. Don't, don't think when I get them thinking, well, he's such a great. No, I'm not. Look, I'm not the example I'm putting before you today. I, it'd be more like Paul is that, is that a literary example Paul puts out. But I want you to know what I want to do, what I want to become. Who are you, Paul? I'm a slave of Christ Jesus. To me, living is Christ and dying is gain. Uh, Somebody asked me years ago, what was my favorite verse? And I said that. So I've long admired these words. But as I'll share in a moment, it really is more important to do something else than just admire the words of Paul. These words. You see, Paul is identifying himself with the story of Jesus, and that story changed everything in his life. And there was a lot that needed to be changed, as he explains in this letter. So who who are you? How would you begin answering that question? What is most true about you? How do you want the important people in your life to identify you? You know, this is one of the big questions which we talk about around here in some of the classes we teach. My favorite class to talk about these things is philosophy of living, which I'll have the privilege to teach one more time next spring. Uh, All three of us in the department were actually teaching that. It's a very important class, we believe. So this big question, it's like the God question. In fact, the two are related. I hope you will Answer both questions in your mind while you're here. Pretty important. Is there a God? Yeah. Settle that in your mind. Uh, Yes. The evidence for God is abundant, overwhelming. There's so much that we can't explain about ourselves, our nature, our desires, our aspirations, if there's no transcendent source of all that. You're lopping off so much of basic human nature to deny. If you deny, there's a God. So embrace it. Paul says in Him we live and move and have our being. He is the reason for our rational and moral nature. He is the source and goal of our aspirations. He is the perfect from which all our little perfections come. We state the faith, but let's embrace it, live it. He made us to create beauty. And, boy, we do a lot of that around here. He made us to, to sing and to write and to teach and to play. Goals we make. All we do, we do because that's the way God made us. We do it to our best, do it for a noble purpose. We're glorifying our maker. And, boy, there's a lot of that around here, and it's, it's, just, it's just great. You know, what makes this place special is the Christian school. we acknowledge this. And we don't have to be afraid or hide that truth about ourselves. You know, I love that. I, I love being in a place where we can talk openly about our faith and, and, and grow in our faith. You know, all the things about me, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a professor, I'm an elder, I'm a citizen, I'm an, I'm an old white guy, which I guess I need to apologize for. That. Uh, I'm not young and beautiful. Well, you know, whatever that means. Uh... All these are important ways I express myself to you and the world. But the real me is something else. I'm a person and so are you made in the image of God. There's something about me that's important. It's distinct, eternal, right? And I need to find my place in God's creation. He made me for dominion. Thinking, organizing, ruling, creativity, beauty. And I am what I am because of my relationship with my creator. My being, my reason for being is to bear his image. Don't we need more image in, of God in our troubled and broken world? More people living like there's a God of love and compassion and justice and right. yes. There's too much lack of that in our world. And so you, God is wanting us to show himself. That's our job. It's our job. And we do a lot of that around here. And I, I love it. I love the good things we do that just show who we are, whose we are. Now, I'll make sure we've got uh, enough time here for all this. That's kind of part one of our my talk today. What's The rest of it is is about the elephant in the room. Is there a problem? Yeah, there's a problem. I'm a sinner. I'm a weak and flawed human being. I I don't want to glorify God a lot of the time. I'll just be honest about that. I'm afraid. I'm insecure. I'm arrogant, selfish, competitive, and so are many others. So we live in a sin-filled world, and we're broken because of that. That makes life interesting in, in, on this campus sometimes, doesn't it? Being nice. It, that, it makes it difficult. The problem we have here because we're sinful. Everywhere you go, the problem we have because people are sinful. We don't do what we're supposed to do. Or do things in the wrong way, or do right things for the wrong reasons, or or just be outright evil. We do that because we're sinful and we live in a broken world. And that's that's just the truth about things. And so how do you experience the sin and brokenness in the world? How do you experience it? How do you interact with it? Uh it's hard to admit your sins, isn't it? Maybe it's kind of a loaded word. Maybe we don't want to talk about sin. Who are you to tell me? Well, you're right. Exactly. I'm broken too. We're all broken. We're all clay pots, broken vessels. And you know, we sin. We get sinned against. We hurt each other. We get hurt. We we get cancer. We we have problems because we live in a world that's just flawed and so imperfect. And so that's that's why we have to bear down and work and hard to believe sometimes. It's hard sometimes to believe because the world is so, is so messed up. And then, and then we die. And then what happens? Forgotten, right? We say, no, but where are the people who have gone? Do you know their names? Do You, you know, sooner or later we just forget. Is that all there is? Hold that thought. Now let's go back we started with paul let's go to a, a jail cell probably or probably a rented house in rome where paul is a prisoner let's talk to paul let's listen to paul paul do you know about sin yeah he knows about sin he is the victim of sin he is a, he's a sinner himself when he says I, have, I buffet my body every day in first Corinthians chapter nine i know exactly what he means and i think you do too so as Paul sits in this cell, his body is racked with pain. He's wearing manacles. He's been put in prison. He was put there unjustly by evil, angry people who were probably angry at him because of the things he used to do a long time ago when he before he became a Christian. There's a lot of anger in Paul's life, and so he is doesn't know what's going to happen to him day by day. He may be killed. And I guess one of the worst things you read in, in this Philippian letter is that there are people slandering Paul in the streets of Rome and these folks are Christians because they don't understand Paul. They think Paul's a fool. He's been in prison so long and nobody even understands why anymore. And maybe the worst thing of all, Paul, his life work, his goal, his vision is not going—probably not going to be realized. At least there's no evidence of it right here, of seeing Jew and Gentile in one one church and going to Spain and just being this great, great apostle with a legacy. Boy, first Paul can see that is gone. His legacy is a joke. So why isn't Paul withering away in doubt and self-pity and bitterness, and even suicidal thoughts? Why? But he's not. In his flipping letter, we notice Paul is not in despair. And this is the amazing thing about the flipping letter. It's the most positive, joyful letter Eve writes. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Paul, what is your secret? Jesus has changed the narrative paul in paul's story he's a loser but because of jesus he's a winner and no not because he got out of prison out eternally happened he ran for no 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 no. still the bleak ugly painful no his circumstances have not changed just because he talks about jesus and here it is In his death and resurrection, Jesus has transformed Paul's life from victim to victor. Because in his death on the cross, Jesus conquered sin, the power of sin, the consequences of sin are still there. But the power of sin, Paul's not subject to his own sins. He's forgiven. And because Jesus can work through bad things to bring good, the, the horrible things Paul deals with are actually turning out to be a meaningful experience. For example, he's wearing manacles and the suffering, but people are encouraged and they're coming to faith. And he writes this letter, encouraged to tell others to come to faith. And he's seen, he's seen it, it's working. People are being converted, brought to Christ, brought into the kingdom. There's people even in the household of Caesar that Paul talks about who become believers. And when Paul sees that, forget my legacy, whatever that means anyway. Yes, yes, it's working. The power of Jesus is real. It's alive. It's going through these feeble hands, touching people. And he says, yeah, that's, that's what it's about. His whole life, his whole perspective, his whole attitude is transformed by Jesus. And so he's embraced the story of Jesus. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. So what should we do with the story of Paul in Philippians? You know, I've been admiring Paul in Philippians for 40 years. That's not, not an exaggeration. I've just, this has been my favorite letter for a long, long time. I, I read it a lot. I think about it a lot. Got some verses memorized, you know, all that. But the older I get and the lo- more difficult my journey becomes, I know I needed more than just admire Paul. And I want you to listen to this. Uh, There's one thing, one thing I know that I need for Jesus to do for me what he did for Paul. I need that. I think about the fragments of my life. Yeah, I've not had a life as bad as Paul's, suffering-wise. But what have I tried to do? I I try this, I try that. Things go go well, sometimes they don't. You know, you start things, you try to influence somebody, you don't know how it's going to work out. So fragments, fragments. You start, but you never finish, right? I want Jesus to take those fragments and make something out of them. And I know that one day I'll say goodbye and I'll walk off and my name be taken off the door and my computer files be erased. Is that it? And I'll die. But I want to be with Jesus when I die. And I believe I will be. So I want Jesus to be for me what he was for Paul. I'm no Paul. But I really want to be able to say truthfully that for me to live is Christ and to die as gain. You pray for me, will you? Because that's what I want. I'm not perfect. There are good days and there are bad days. But that's what I want. Now, let's get back to where we started and we will wrap this up. Who are you? That's a big question. But I want to ask two more questions. And maybe we can talk about it later. Who do you want? And what do you need to become that person? So think about that. and i love to hear from you. Yeah. Spend time with you talking, praying about that. Thanks for listening.